Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I love this church. I, I, this morning, Ed said, what did you think? And, and uh, that's a dangerous question. But I said, I, I really felt that a healthy church, Amen. people that were leaning in when I preached, you wanted to hear the word, yeah. and people that just believe that your future is better than your past. Amen. And so I, I just bless you. Uh, I love churches where it's easy to preach. And I, I, I'm believing tonight God's going to really uh, speak to us. I think this is a good word for you as a church, but it will be for people that are here as well. Father, help us tonight. I'm praying your anointing, Holy Spirit, will be upon us. I want people to be touched, changed, go out of here different in Jesus' name. You're not here by accident. That's the first thing. You're here. You made a choice, but it's a good choice, a God choice. I'm praying this word will help you. I'm going to try and condense it. But I'm talking tonight about the power of a comeback. The power of a comeback. I've had to, uh, I study leadership and church and business leaders. I love doing that. And the truth is, it's not just gifted people that are successful in life. It's those that can come back from failure and defeat and go on. And that's, that's an, a key part of anyone's Christian life and Christian leadership. And if anything, I would say, uh, people say, what's your strongest gift? I, I would have to say, I think it's the fact, and Marion's the same. My, my wife, Marion, if you didn't meet her this morning, uh, she's the same. I think it's the fact that we uh, dare and believe and do everything possible to make a comeback. Who's that, who's that star? Uh, I forget his, uh, his name. He said, I'll be back. Who is it? You are so worldly, you people. Where do you get off? It was Jesus. What's the matter with you? (laughs) I can't believe that. No, you were saying these people are are godly. The power of a comeback. What I want to do quickly uh, is is focus on three times in the, in the early part of the ministry of Jesus where he made a comeback from difficult, desolate places. And uh, these three things are consistently presenting into my life. And uh, sometimes I handle them well, sometimes I don't. And then you have to decide, I'm going to make a comeback from that so that I can go on uh, with God. Luke 4 verse 1 is a fantastic scripture. It says this, And Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. This is an incredible moment. This is the Father in heaven saying, This is my beloved Son. When Jesus was being baptized, it was like going to a huge spiritual conference, a spiritual high. And he returned from the Jordan and says this, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into a desolate place. That's like a preacher having a good Sunday and Monday is his down day. He's going from high to low in one 
simple movement. And in the wilderness, he was being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when those 40 days were ended, he was very, very hungry. And then the, the enemy, the devil came and began to te- tempt him and God was testing him, etc. And uh, this, the, I've found this a lot in my life. Yeah, you know, we can have an incredible Sunday when we were pastoring a church and by the time we drive home, we're having an argument. Now, you wouldn't do that, I know, because this is a spiritual church. <laughs> but I'm married to a woman. <laughs> that in itself explains so much. But, you know, it's amazing how you can go from a spiritual high. You ever been to a great conference and you come home, you feel like you can fly? Yeah. Within a week, you, you've just, you're in a desolate place and uh, things you thought you had control over are starting to raise their head and tempting and testing and all that kind of thing. Well, that's, that's an important part of God's plan for you. It's part of our journey so that uh, we can be uh, developed in, into our spiritual, spiritual uh, habits and characteristics. So he was tempted by the devil and tested by God and everything there was scarce. There was no uh, blessing. There was no, you know, it, it was just a darn desolate place. I've got to be honest, I've been there more than once. I've got to be honest, I can, I can sing like an angel one day and be, be struggling with temptation and testing and uh, feeling desolate, etc. And so have you. It's common to all of us. And that's why you have to learn how to make a comeback. It's very important that you learn how to make a comeback. I'll tell you why these times in our life are very important. In this first one, the desolate place of temptation because your character is proven in the desolate place of temptation. Your character. This is important. And and people say, why am I still being tempted by this and, and tested by these things? I thought I'd outgrown that. The truth is we never outgrow some of these things. We may go to a new level and the tempting and testing's a bit different, but God will allow you to go through that. I'll tell you why. Because in those places, the desolate place, your character is formed in you. And you'll notice with Jesus, uh, his character and how he overcame the testing and temptation was by the Word of God. It wasn't, he didn't cry out, Holy Spirit, what happened to Jordan? That, you know, that incredible Zappo back there. It was phenomenal. Come and do that. No, he used the Word of God. And that's why it's very important to understand this will happen in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, with your kids. It just is part of our spiritual journey. And the truth is it's not that you go through these and end up in a desolate place of testing and temptation. It's what you do to come out of it, to come back from it. Now, thank God that Jesus didn't fail in that desolate place of temptation. He came back overcoming, but the truth is you and I fail in that place often, in the place of temptation and testing. Often. And here's the deal. God wants you to know the power of a comeback. And there'll be people here tonight that need to come back from failure in temptation. Yes. 
There's three temptations that Jesus had to face. That is the lust of the flesh, your passions, the lust of the soul or of the eyes. That's your, your possessions and, and uh, all the stuff in your life. And then the lust of your spirit, which is the pride of life. Jesus had to overcome those three. got to be honest, I still fail in some of those. And I have to know how to make a comeback. And when you come back, you're stronger and wiser than before. That's the beauty of a comeback in God. That's, that's the power of a comeback. And that's why the enemy hates you coming back. And the sad thing is, you see so many Christians that have failed in an area, a desolate place of testing and temptation, and they say, I'll never get better. I'll never get over this. And so they sit in a desolate place. They're still in church, but they're desolate. And they, for whatever reason, the devil says, don't worry about a comeback. Jesus was perfect. You're not. And they, they are, relegate themselves to a desolate place. And that's the saddest thing you can ever do in life. You've got to come back and experience the power of a comeback. And the truth is this. God wants to form character in you because your character keeps what God wants you to carry in life. Did you hear me? Your character keeps what God blesses and graces you with. That's why uh, uh, River Jordan, bless, fooled us. This is my son. Amazing. Get with the, etc. But he had to go and be tested and tempted so that his character could keep what God put on him. That's why you go through tough times. That's why when I pull off an incredible victory in my life, I now know often, pretty, pretty soon or immediately after that, I'm, I'm in a desolate place and I'm facing all the What the hell happened? And I, now I realise God's saying, I want, I want to develop your character a bit more. And when I fail, the Holy Spirit says, you've got to make a comeback. You've got to come back from that. Jesus won that for you so you can make a comeback and be stronger in Jesus' name. Man, that's, that's a word for some of us here tonight. That's a word for some people. The Holy Spirit's already talking to some people. I can feel it right now. And you know the biggest thing is it's, it's so hard to say, I stuffed up. i got to make a comeback. And humble yourself, that helps your character grow too in coming back by the power of God. Uh, the second one that Jesus had to come through and make a comeback from is in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. He, firstly, he was led into the desolate place of temptation, had to overcome there. You and I have to too and grow in, in God and in grace. The second one, he was led into the desolate place of rejection. This, this hurts so much when people reject what you believe God's put on your life. Let's read Luke 4, 16 to 19. So Jesus returned to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, his 
parents had taken him to church. He was used to doing that. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read the word, which he was allowed to do. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and uh, began to read. This is incredible. Don't let church be, become just a custom. Don't just well, that's what we do. No, no. You come looking for grace, ha a happening to happen in your life, in church. I'm believing for some happenings to happen tonight. This is not just our custom, then we go out for coffee. No, this is church where God wants to do something. And so, and when he found, uh, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I love this. And he began to read this and declare his ministry time had come. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty all who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the whole synagogue jumped to their feet and began to applaud and began to blow trumpets and shout and rejoice. Whoa, what an incredible destiny you have. That's not quite what happened. <laughs> this is what happened. Luke 4, 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they had heard these things, were filled with wrath. Here's a guy trying to fulfill God's plan for his life. And they're about to reject him. You little jumped up nobody. Who do you think you are reading the prophet Isaiah and saying, this day it's being fulfilled. You're looking at it. And they were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And, he led, they, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was, was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. That's not a bad response to, to saying, I think God's anointed me. I, I think I'm called to the ministry. Talk about rejection. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his own way. You will, if you love God and want to serve God, you will have to go to the desolate place of rejection. There's not a leader I know that hasn't been there, been pushed aside, rejected by something. Uh, there's not a pastor that leads a church that there ha hasn't had to deal with people rejecting their leadership and their grace on their life and stirring up all kinds. There's never been a church I've been to where that hasn't had to be dealt with. And it's very important. And the truth is, uh, in your own family and friends, you will have to face this because it's part of our development and growth in God. The desolate place of rejection. You call yourself a Christian. You, you call yourself this. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get, you go and, uh, into a little sookie slump. Oh, woe is me, poor me. Go and hide in the corner. They didn't like me. I, I never accept that about me. People leave the church. I never believe they don't like me. Marion may be, but not me. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it's actually just the opposite, isn't it? Apparently. Here's the deal. Your calling is proven in the desolate place of rejection. Every one of you here is saved and called. And it's in those places where people misunderstand, misrepresent you, you know, uh, say things that aren't true, 
etc. I've had newspapers here on the coast when we were building up the road uh, ring me and say, oh, some people from your church have given us the facts about this and we're going to do a, a full page spread on you and uh, reveal you for who you are. And I, at first I thought, that'll be brilliant. But that wasn't their intent. <laughs> they wanted to crucify me and reject me. And so we had to deal with that, etc. And you've got to learn to come back from rejection. These are important things. And it's in the power of your comeback that you break that over your life. And some of you here tonight really are struggling with rejection. The way you've been raised, brought up, not even about your ministry or call, just about you. You've been rejected. And if you don't learn to make a comeback from that, that's going to be a shadow and a prison that holds you bound the whole of your life. I refuse to live in a desolate place of rejection. Amen. I have to get up every morning, and I'm prone to that. I have to get up every morning and say, God, I'm loved by you. I am loved by the people in my world. My family love me. I will not sulk in rejection and self-pity. And even when I feel it, I know the Holy Spirit say, come on, make a comeback. The power of a comeback is so important in a person's life. And tonight you can, I love that. We may have come in with chains and challenges, but we're not going to walk out that way. We're going to leave them here in Jesus' name. I, 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 I haven't got time. Yeah, I know I have. I'll decide that. When I was uh, first married, Marion and I were in Brisbane in a church down there and <clears throat> uh, it was a glad tidings tabernacle in the valley uh, and Pastor Gerald Rollins was there and at the wedding, our wedding, which was down in the basement of that church and uh, Pastor Gerald came up to us sitting at the bridal table. He came up and asked if I and we would be the youth pastors of the church when we came back from our honeymoon. That was Marion's home church and their family were involved in leadership. And so I said, yeah, sure, love to. And uh, Pastor Gerald was there for about three years or so and we had a brilliant time, youth grew and everything else. It was a fantastic season in our life. Then a new pastor came. Gerald went to South Africa and a new pastor came and he didn't like the way I ran youth. And uh, because for me, youth is about... Uh, how many kids you can send to hospital on a youth night <laughs> with extreme games. I'm sure, you know, if you can get uh, over two into an ambulance at a time, you've done well. And so uh, he didn't want that kind of youth leadership. And so uh, he came to me and said, Steve, I want you to, uh, I want you to pray about uh, where God wants you to minister. In other words, pack your bags, you're out of here. <laughs> and so, whack, right there, I'm being sacked. Who sacks somebody as good as me? <laughs> I'm being sacked from the ministry. It's not supposed, so, you know, that really got to me and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I went into a bit of a funk because I didn't realize the power of a comeback and felt sorry for myself. And then and for a season, I worked for Coca-Cola, uh, tra traveling around, filling fridges and taking orders and 
Then I worked for another shower, uh, shower armor, used to do uh, shower screens and that. And uh, they put me on to go out to homes and measure up. I was, I was hopeless at measuring. And they were, kept getting them wrong, so I was sacked from that. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty awful season in our life, wasn't it, Marion? And uh, you, she, she had one mantra during that time, just, and she'd say to me every morning, grow up, <laughs> as if that helped me. Stop acting like a child. Don't be a baby. Feeling sorry. So are some of you. You go into your silly little funks. Rejection's a huge issue in life. You've got to learn to make a comeback. And so we did that for a while, and, and then after, after a whole journey of a couple of years or so, God spoke to me and said, uh, uh, I want you to <coughs> go to Logan City on the south of Brisbane and pioneer a church. The thing that happens in the desolate place of rejection is you prove your calling in life. And it was during those couple of years that I really knew that I was called to serve God in the ministry. That's important. We're saved and called, and you've got to prove both. And so when you prove your calling, you can get on, and, and you'll never, ever, ever back away from it once you've proved that's what God wants for me. And once I had established that in my life, and God said, I want, now you're ready, go plant a church, uh, we have never looked back since then of serving the Lord together. Your calling is formed by the Spirit of God on your life. And then the third one, quickly. What was the first one? The desolate place of... Gee, you, you us. I'm, I'm going to start again. I told you there'd be questions. The desolate place of temptation. And there we prove our character. Jesus had to do that. And we must learn how to make a comeback when we fail in that place. Second place Jesus had to overcome was in the desolate place of rejection. Spirit of the Lord's on me. They were going to throw him off a cliff. He had to learn to come back from that and get on with his ministry, which really started after he did, came out of that and began to minister. The third one is the desolate place of failure. Oh, man, this is probably most of you looking at you. <laughs> because I know that you are, you're human. The desolate place of failure. I love this. This is Jesus had to come back from this quickly. Luke 8, verse 26 to 104. <laughs> then they sailed. This is Jesus taking his disciples out of a revival. And he says, we're going to go across the sea. I've got a special mission. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes. Uh, there was a, a decopole, uh, whatever they call it. I've forgotten the word. Ten, ten sort of cities uh, bunched together. And this one was Gadara and the Gadarenes, which is opposite across Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time who lived in the tombs. This is an incredibly dumb thing Jesus did. 
Here he is, he's got a revival happening and he tells his disciples, let's get in a boat, go over the other side. Uh, we've got a missions ministry. We go into a Gentile region. We're going to do some good stuff. They get into a huge storm on the way there that nearly wipes them out. Jesus has to deal with the storm. They get to the other side, but the boat has been pushed off course. And instead of coming up to the dock where the main uh, group of people, the city is, they're, they're blown down a little bit and they end up in a cemetery. They get out of the boat and here's this, you know, awful place. The only person there is this, this crazy demoniac. And so uh, all the, the boys in the boat are watching Jesus. He goes up, he deals with the guy and ministers to him grace and he's delivered from demons. He throws all the demons, Jesus does, into the pigs. They're Gentiles so they can have pigs. <laughs> well, Jews can't. And so, but he throws them all into the pigs, which was one of their forms of of uh, income because they sold all the ham and stuff to the Jews. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and so Jesus does all that. So, you know, the pigs go down, drown in the water, and then all the city comes out and uh, the disciples say, this is brilliant. What a master stroke, Jesus. Get their attention. <laughs> no, they again were so wild, they, they, they had to jump into the boat and, and, and get out of there and go home. And so here they are on this crazy mission of Jesus, but it's failed. They go and they meet a demoniac and then the city says, get lost. How would you like to be in the boat coming back home? All the disciples in the boat. What a loser. He nearly kills us on the way over. He wastes his time on one crazy guy. The whole city rejects us. What a failed mission that was. This is one of the biggest things you'll ever learn in life, how to come back from a failure. When you go as a church, you go through what appears to people to be a failure. As a family, and we've had to get, I've tried things that have totally failed in my leadership and ministry. You've got to come back from a failure. It's the power of a comeback. And I, it's sad when I go to churches and I see people, and sometimes God lets me see things, and I see that they've experienced failure, and they're sitting there. They love God, they're in church, but it's so messed them mess them up and they just have never made a comeback and said God I'm going to leave that behind I'm coming back from that failure this is such a powerful word I believe it's for you as a group of people here in church here that you can come back and so in the whole model the next scriptures up there I've just read it Here's the deal. Your character's proven in the place of temptation. Your calling is proven when you go through rejection. But your commitment to the cause and the call of God is proven when you fail. This is important. I'm calling you to make a comeback tonight. Come back to strength. Come back to faith. Come back to, to clear thinking. Come back to dreams. 
come back to believing the things that are seeded into this church when it began and over the years. They're still there. They're alive. They're, they're waiting to be watered by people that are hot for God. Learn to make a comeback. Your commitment is seen in your desire to return. Listen to this. This is, and then I'm going to pray for people for a little bit. Luke 8, verse 40 to 42. I love this, about a comeback. If anything, my greatest gift is that I've learned to make comebacks. As Marion and I, we've just been through nearly three years of sickness and all kinds of stuff. People say, why don't you retire? Because I'm over 40 now. You are so rude. <laughs> Why don't you just retire? And I feel the Spirit of God saying, you can do that if you want to, or you can make a comeback. And I'll do more in your weakness than you could ever do in your strength if you'll make a comeback. People are writing you off. People are not expecting. People have said that's the way it'll be. No, if you dare to make a comeback, your best days are ahead of you in Jesus' name. And it says this, So it was, Luke 8, verse 40 and 40 to 42. So it was when Jesus returned. Listen to this, because this is a word for Ed and Gail and the church here, that the multitude were waiting to welcome him back. After a failed mission, he's coming back. There's a multitude waiting for him. For they were all waiting for Him to return. How many of you know there are people in your world waiting for you to make a comeback? Waiting for you to make a comeback to that sharp, that faith-filled person, that generous, that over-the-top, that we-can-do-it person. There's people in your world waiting for you to make a comeback. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. This is what Jesus is coming back to after a failed mission with a crazy demoniac. And everyone's saying, what a what? No, he, he, because he ministered grace there. And it, it, how many of you know God never fails? It looked like a failure, but it wasn't. That man, the demoniac, became a missionary for Jesus in that whole region. When he later went back to that whole region, there were mega multitudes waiting for him there from one demoniac. Don't you ever let people put failure on you. You deal with it. We know when we miss it. But, but dare to make a comeback. And he came back. Here it is. A ruler in the city is waiting for him and becomes a part of his ministry. Multitudes are joined with him. And uh, here's a little thing and I'm closing right now. Your comeback is more important than your crossover. So many people uh, live in that, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to go for a new thing. I'm going to do this. And, and, but the truth is this, it doesn't always work out. Your comeback is more important than your crossover. Can you say amen? amen. The greatest comeback king and he's going to make the biggest comeback ever in history is Jesus. And he's waiting for you to make a comeback. 
from the desolate place of temptation. Maybe you failed. Come back. From the place of rejection, people haven't helped, embraced, treated what you are and what you've got well, and you've, you've been sulky. Come back. And the last one, when, it, when you just gave it your darndest, but it didn't work. Stuff happened. It shouldn't have gone that way, but it did. If you'll make a comeback, He turns all things, works all things together for good to them who love God and come back to their calling in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.